0: Welcome to Warriors Off-Court, the San Francisco Chronicle's NBA podcast. I'm your host, Warriors beat writer Connor Letourneau, and today I'm joined by sports writer Wes Goldberg. Goldberg covers the Kings for Forbes, and he sat down with me Tuesday night at the California Classic in Sacramento to discuss the Warriors' signing of ex-Kings center Willie Cauley-Stein. We also broke down the ramifications of Golden State's sign-and-trade deal for D'Angelo Russell, the Warriors' outlook for next season, and much, much more. We'll have our conversation right after the break. On Tuesday night, Wes Goldberg sat down with me at Golden 1 Center in Sacramento after some summer league games to help me make sense of a chaotic start to free agency. Wes, we're here
1: in the bowels of Golden 1 Center in Sacramento. Um, It was night two of the California Classic Summer League. I have a confession to make. I was not actually in attendance at any of the games tonight. I was down the road, just a couple blocks away at my hotel writing because it was yet another wild day in free agency for the Warriors. I keep thinking it's going to end. I keep thinking that the, the tidal wave of, of moves has kind of happened and that it's going to, it's going to calm down, but it doesn't seem to be. Um, it has to, it has to calm down soon though, because the Warriors only have a couple roster spots left. Um, Wes, I'm just going to start big here. What a couple of days into free agency, what are your, what are your big takeaways with the with what the Warriors have been able to do?
2: Well, look, I mean, they you have a good sense that you're going to lose Kevin Durant, and there was a couple of different options that they could have went in. You covered this on your last podcast. You know, do you just let Durant walk away for nothing, or do you try to accumulate some assets? And it seems like the D'Angelo Russell thing is a little polarizing right now, but I think ultimately. You just get talent when you can get talent, and then you just sort of figure it out later. I think you said that on your show. And uh, it's the right take because either the talent works out or you're able to move the talent somewhere else. And again, Clay Thompson's going to be out. You've got nobody to fill those minutes. And so D'Angelo Russell is as good as anybody that was available to the Warriors. They didn't have another, they didn't have like a max cap slot. You know, Durant leaves, they don't automatically get that slot. That's just not how the cap works. So it was a good get by them. Um, and the Willie cauley Stein thing, I know you want to talk about that, I think was a sensible move. I think Willie cauley Stein kind of got screwed a little bit because he was the, the Kings gave him, they extended to him the, the uh, qualifying offer. They go in a different direction. I think they were chasing Al Horford, they were chasing Nikola Vucevic. Both of those got, Vucevic resigns with Orlando, Horford goes to Philly, and that Jimmy Butler tra- sign and trade whole deal there. Um, and though, so they go, in, they go ahead and get Dwayne Dedman. And they decide, OK, well, we don't need Willie Colley-Stein anymore. So they withdraw the quali- qualifying offer. But then after that, all the free agent money was dried up. I mean, there was not a whole lot of cap space left. So then the Warriors were able to kind of pounce, not unlike what they did with DeMarcus Cousins last year, and get a quality role-playing center who could play some quality minutes for them this next season.
1: Yeah, just to kind of backtrack a little bit, a little bit of context. Uh So the Warriors today signed Willie cauley to what was reported to be just a little bit above a minimum. We don't know the exact figure, but just a little bit above a minimum. The Warriors didn't have much more than that to offer because of the hard cap uh in the wake of the sign and trade with Brooklyn. And then they also picked up Glenn Robinson III from Detroit. Uh So a small forward and a center filling two pretty big needs. Both of those guys could conceivably be starting next season, which sounds crazy, but it's true, uh, especially when Clay is not uh, available early in the season. Um, you're, you're looking at starting right now, assuming they don't make a, another significant move, which it's going to be hard for them to do that at this point. Um, their starting lineup opening day is something like Stafford point guard, D'Angelo Russell a point guard playing shooting, playing shooting guard, Maybe Glenn Robinson or Alphonso McKinney at small forward. Those are really your options but, there. Uh,
2: this is what happens when somebody like Durant leaves. I don't. I, I know the Warriors were 73 win Warriors, and then you get Durant and you add him to that, and blah blah blah. This is what happens when a player like Durant leaves because you they lose depth while Durant is here for three years, right? And we saw that hurt them. In the finals. And I'm not saying they did anything wrong. That's just the facts. Like you have four all-star caliber guys. You're not going to be able to have a whole lot of depth. We saw this after LeBron left Miami. We saw this after LeBron left Cleveland the first time. Then LeBron leaves Miami. When Durant left the Thunder. I mean those teams were just – it takes a while to get back to even being where – anything where you want to be resembling the type of basketball you even want to play. And so it's probably going to be about a year. For the Warriors to really kind of recalibrate and and figure this thing out in the meantime they're gonna have to they still have Steph they still have Draymond Clay Thompson will be back eventually they've got some talent now um they're adding some pieces here that are just sort of all right let's just see what we could do with it and Steve Kerr is gonna have his most challenging coaching job or maybe at least the most different coaching job he's had since coming to Oakland in the first place it's gonna be really interesting
1: yeah, no, I, it's going to be fascinating. And you look at these moves that they made, and they don't. A couple of them, the, the probably the two most important ones outside of bringing back Kevon Looney, of course, is uh, D'Angelo Russell and Willie Cauley Stein. In some ways, don't seem to really fit what the Warriors do offensively, especially D'Angelo Russell, who is a very pick and roll heavy Can I just point push guard. Back
2: on that for a second,
1: I. Let me let me just Fish preface away. this okay. by saying that I know everyone who's listening out there, Wes is like the biggest D'Angelo Russell big Homer. Fan,
2: D'Angelo Russell, big fan. So I was here in Sacramento when he put up like thirty points in the fourth quarter in a comeback win. He was he was pumped. I was pumped. It was awesome. Guy puts on a show. I appreciate that. But this whole idea of he's such a pick and roll heavy guy. This is what he does, and he doesn't fit with the okay, first of all He in the second most pick and rolls in the entire did, NBA last he, season. He did it, and so did the Brooklyn Nets. And the Brooklyn Nets like pick and roll. And they understood that he was good at it. And so they did it with him. Steve Kerr doesn't like pick and roll. Now, he's going to have to adjust a little bit, but D'Angelo is going to have to adjust a little bit too. And he's shown throughout his career, one of the reasons I like him, that he can adjust. He can do it. And he's grown uh, by leaps and bounds since he left the Lakers. And I just because he did it a lot doesn't mean he can't do other things. You actually pointed this out in a recent article you had at the Chronicle. That he's a thirty-nine point four percent catch and shoot guy. Uh he's he was from three. Yeah. From three. He was uh third in the league in pull up shooting, uh points per game last season. So he could do that. So either he can come off of screens, he can catch and shoot, he could just take the ball and shoot, just like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. You know, he can do that. And uh, I think that stuff just translates. He's a good shooter. That translates no matter what. And look, and Steve Kerr might be smart to run a little bit more pick and roll. But D'Angelo Russell, they're both going to have to adjust to each other. And you and maybe Warriors fans are out there rolling their eyes. Like, why would we adjust to D'Angelo Russell? Well, number one, he was yeah, an all not That was the big thing on Twitter. Today, is we didn't adjust when we had Kevin Durant but and Steph Curry. They did adjust when they had Kevin Durant. They ran so much more isolation with Kevin Durant. And it did go a little bit against the grain. But look, they won two championships, probably would have won three. If they if Durant hadn't gotten hurt the way he did, so yeah, you adjust a little bit. You have to, you have to concede a little bit of that Warriors way kind of thing, but if it means you get to win championships, you do it anyway. Now I'm not saying D'Angelo Russell is going to replace Durant and they're going to win championships with D'Angelo Russell playing shooting guard. I no, but you're paying him a lot of money. You got him under contract for a long time. He's young. He's really really talented. He wants to get better. And being in the Warrior system in in that in this. Infrastructure. We saw what the Brooklyn Nets' infrastructure did for him once he left L.A. It's he's going to only keep growing now that he's with Golden State, and they'll be wise to just sort of, you know, there's going to be a little push and pull, but they'll both. I think the Warriors will be better for it, and so will D'Angelo Russell. I just because he always ran pick and roll doesn't mean that's all he can do ever.
1: Right. No, I, I think you bring up a good point, and the truth is they're gonna the Warriors are gonna ask him to play a role pretty similar to what he did with the Lakers, or at least what the Lakers tried to do with him when Luke Walton was there. Uh they tried not when Kobe was there. (laughs) Uh when they they tried to run him off the ball. And I mean there were other things going on with the Lakers. I think I think Brooklyn was really good for him in a lot of respects, both on and off the court. There's a lot of reports about how much he's grown, maturity wise and um but I agree with you. I think the onus is going to be on him to adjust and he has the skills to do that. The most important thing like you said is he can shoot and I do think that, um, that Steve is going to need to adjust himself because Steve, I think Steve is actually kind of excited for this challenge because when you, when you are in charge of a roster that is so talented as the Warriors were the past few years, it's more about managing egos and it's less about X's and O's. And now he can focus more on the X's and O's and he's a guy who enjoys the X's and O's. So that'll be, I think, cool. But, but the, 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 the thing that I would be more concerned about in terms of D'Angelo is defensively, uh, because he's not great defensively. Obviously, Steph's not great defensively, and then you're without Andre, and then to start the year you're without Clay, so you don't really have an elite wing defender. And so, who's going to pick up, you know, James Harden and uh, Damian Lillard and, and those types of guys, and and who's how are you going to hide Steph?
2: That's a great point. That's an absolute concern, but again, what else were you going to do? You know, like the Warriors like obviously you would get a good two-way player to replace Klay Thompson and Kevin Durant, but that player wasn't available for the Warriors. There's just no way to go get that player. So you just go get the most talented guy and you, you figure it out. Um, if, if they would have had a max cap slot and they could have offered Chris Middleton a bunch of money, I'm sure they would have done it. But they didn't have it. So you just get the best guy available. Right. And you just, okay, he's got flaws, but you try to make it better. And look, he's six five, he's long. You hope that maybe Ron Adams and, and Steve Kerr and this group can, can help him get better at that end. And if he doesn't have the ball in his hands as much as he did in Brooklyn, maybe he can put a little bit more energy on the defensive end. He's never been a good defender. Coming out of the draft, out of Ohio State, a lot of people thought he could be a good defender. Theoretically, he looks the part. But... He'll have to get better on that end, but still, like, he's going to be better than Quinn Cook, you know? And Quinn Cook was the guy filling the Clay Thompson minutes in the finals, so yeah, it's an improvement in that respect. So, I, I don't know. It's, it's the best they could do.
1: Yeah. No, this is a marriage based on necessity. Um, like you said, it's, he's really the only top-level guy that they could get, and so they went and got him, and they knew it wasn't perfect. But the interesting thing about it is they gave up so much to get him. I mean, they gave up if you if you take everything into account. They gave talk about a good deal for Brooklyn, by the way. Mm. Brooklyn gets Kevin Durant, and they get uh, a first round pick, and they already were going to lose D'Angelo probably anyway. Yeah,
2: Bob Myers got fleeced.
1: <laughs> I mean, kidding, you know what I mean, though. It's yeah. like so they gave up a first round pick, and then you, they had needed to shed the contract of Andre, and they, just so Memphis would take on Andre's contract, they also gave. Memphis a first round pick, which seems like a pretty high price. You know, usually you would give maybe a, a second round pick or two. Uh, but-,
2: but but look, you're your trading. Understanding that Durant is not part of that trade, quote unquote trade, right? Because he was gone. You're trading Andre Iguodala and two first round picks. That if you're the Warriors, you kind of haven't done anything with your first round picks the last few years. You're giving yeah. away Andre Iguodala, who had one more year left on his contract, and two first round picks. For a point guard who's 23 years old and just made an All Star game, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, like that's actually pretty good. You also have to take into account, though, that,
1: and we don't want to get too into the salary cap. I know you're a little bit more into the salary cap than I am, but uh, it, it, it brought on the hard cap, so they only had about after Sunday they only had about 10 million dollars to play with that in six spots. So you're looking at you know less than two mil on average for each spot. Um and that basically meant the end of definitely the end of the Demarcus Cousins era, the end of Jordan Bell, the end of Gwen Cook, obviously Jonas Derebko. Um and you know but all that being said, I actually think the Warriors so far have done a decent job filling those spots. Like I, I would I would honestly probably have Willie Collie Stein than Demarcus Cousins right now, which might sound crazy, but there but that's I, I think that he fits what the Warriors want to do better. What, what you obviously know Willie Cauley Stein much better than well, than second. I do. You know
2: why you're not crazy. Demarcus Cousins is still a free agent. Willie Cauley Stein isn't. You're not crazy. The league agrees with you.
1: And Demarcus apparently can't even get mid level offers. I mean, he's looking at close to minimums, which is really sad. And you almost wonder if he had just not come back in time for the finals, if he would be in a better spot did he actually hurt himself by trying to come back
2: and help his team in the finals it's, it's sad but it's true and you know what he had that what was it, game three they all blend together now it was a game three he kind of in the finals he had a really good game and that was about it and the league isn't stupid like they watched the other finals games where he was he couldn't move he couldn't run up the floor he was okay in game six yeah yeah you're right he was okay in games but like ultimately like He's coming off those two injuries now. He's never fully recovered from the Achilles injury. Anybody that says he was is kidding themselves. And and yeah, I think there is it's he'll he'll find a place somewhere. Somebody's gonna be desperate enough and somebody's gonna be like, Well, look, Demarcus Cousins, that's you know, that's a guy. And they're gonna do it. But um, <laughs> for now, yeah, I would agree with you. I'd rather have Willie Cauley-Stein at this point and Demarcus Cousins, especially if you're the Warriors, Willie cauley Stein could really help them.
1: So just for people like myself who haven't watched a ton of Kings games,
2: um, how would you kind of break down Willie Cauley-Stein's game? Well, number one, I'm already saying it, JaVale McGee comparison is nonstop. And it's not a bad comparison, but it's, it, it kind of stops short of Willie Cauley-Stein's full skill set to just say, hey, JaVale McGee, but younger. It's not completely right. It's not correct. Um, like McGee, he's a lob threat. Uh, like McGee he's seven feet tall and legitimately seven feet tall they got a very similar body type uh very similar athletic profile um they are rim protectors in that they are really big they are rim protectors in that they fare a lot better when they are in the in the paint by the basket but there are diminishing returns the further away they get from the basket okay um and so that would be to me his he's not as switchable as kavon looney is um he's probably a better rim protector, like, right at the rim than Kevon Looney is. And he's definitely a better lob threat. I mean, it's like all the lob threats that have come through Golden State, like these theoretical lob threats, but Willie Colley is one. He did it. He's a good pick-and-roll guy. Um, he was 14th in the league in screen assists last year. The the, the Kings ran a ton of pick-and-roll between him, De'Aaron Fox and him. Um, that was basically the entire offense. And uh, he played an important role for them. And so for that, it'll be good. And we just talked about D'Angelo Russell. To me, this shows that the Warriors are willing to maybe lean into a little bit more pick-and-roll next year because you got D'Angelo Russell's pick-and-roll partner because Kevon Looney's not a pick-and-roll guy. Draymond Green is, but he's he's kind of Steph's guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's that tandem. So you, if you can bring, you know, D'Angelo Russell who had a great chemistry with Jared Allen, another long uh, lob threat like JaVale, like uh, Willie Cauley-Stein here. And so you pair them together and you can kind of... Maybe that's your second unit of offense. You know, if Kevon Looney... And Steph and D'Angelo Russell and Draymond and whoever is the forward starts, and then you could stagger your minutes. Bring Willie Cauley Stein in. Steph gets a break, and now you have Willie Cauley Stein, and D'Angelo Russell as you're running your offense, and now you're just running more second unit pick and roll stuff. That could make a lot of sense for them.
1: Yeah, and I it'll be it'll be fascinating because I I don't I don't think that they would start Kavan. Do you think they would start Kavon? I mean, knowing knowing how Steve operates, I I think he'd like to have that size and athleticism in the starting unit just to kind of get off to a fast start. And then, you know, Kavon's been really reliable in that second unit, and they need a leader of that second unit. I mean, that second unit is looking pretty darn thin right now. Mm -hmm. And Bobby Marks, the ESPN's capologist, um, Kind of their front office cap expert who I have a lot of respect for. I think he's very good at his job. He's awesome. Yeah, he's great. He said today on ESPN that the Warriors are not going to make the playoffs next season, which coming from someone like him made me kind of step back and think about it because it's not coming from Charles Barkley, no offense to Charles Barkley. It's not coming from just, you know, a it's Stephen A. a. Smith to type <laughs> to someone who has hot takes for the sake of hot takes. This is someone who yeah. really knows the dynamics of an NBA roster and how those translate to wins and his argument was that they just don't aren't going to have any depth and those those big guys like Draymond and and Steph are going to end up breaking down and it's going to fall apart you know they might have a strong start to the season but it's going to fall apart i mean you're looking at the second unit right now and it is it's ugly. I mean, it's not that different than the, than the summer league yeah. team out
2: there right now. And you don't. And if you're if you're the Warriors, you have to understand that this is. And as much as it's a tough pill to swallow, but this is just not going to be your year, you know. And so you don't want to run Steph Curry out there for 40 minutes a game and just like just add all these miles to him. Same with Draymond, you just don't want to do that. So there's also going to have to, especially while Clay's out, there's going to have to be a little bit of a load management thing happening here. Just understanding like, okay, these last. Five years have been grueling, emotionally, physically, everything. You're going to have to take a step back. It wouldn't surprise me if they didn't make the playoffs. It really wouldn't. And because well, this is a team that has, has – had as good as their offense has been, and when it really mattered, their defense has been better, just as good. And that's not going to be the case. I mean, when you have Steph when, and you have Draymond running that pick and roll, eventually you get Klay Thompson back. I think he'll be okay because ultimately as long as he can shoot, he'll be fine. And, and the Warriors offense will be fine. But that defense, man, like I don't they might be bottom ten in the league next year in defense. Yeah. And, you know, what was the
1: what was the the constant with all those finals teams? They're at least top ten, you know. Um, and past couple of years they haven't been as good in the regular season, mainly because of issues with complacency and what have you, and then they've really turned it on in the playoffs and when it's mattered, but yeah, they just don't have the Physical tools <laughs> right. defensively. I mean, they just like we we got into earlier. I mean, who's your best who's your best wing defender right now? Is it Alfonso McKinney?
2: Yeah, like honestly, and he got torched in the finals.
1: Yeah, you have to hope that you can pull a, another rabbit out of your hat in the next couple of days. Isn't you know what? I know Wesley Matthews just signed with Milwaukee. There has there's just really not a lot of bodies out no. there right now. I mean, yeah, there's it's hard to think of a name that would. Move the needle for the
2: Warriors, but um, Wait, can I finish my point on JaVel McGee? Because I thought I yeah. feel like we got off topic. Uh, the, I apologize. No, um, I, I, I mentioned that the the Javale McGee comparison is is not it doesn't tell the whole story with him. And I think the thing that Warriors fans are really gonna like from Willie Calley Stein, he's a really good passer, and this has not been talked about with Willie Calley Stein. And I don't think the I think the Kings are really gonna miss it, and I think the Warriors are really gonna appreciate it. And I do think I don't the Warriors probably know it. But this is a guy who averaged 2.4 assists per game for each of the last two seasons. JaVale McGee, we keep talking about this comparison, never averaged even one assist per game in 11 NBA seasons. And the per-36 numbers, by the way, are even more, like, it's, it's a bigger gap. I, I think the per-36 numbers are like, Willie Colley-Stein's assist rate is more than triple that of JaVale McGee. McGee didn't pass the ball. He caught it, and he tried to dunk it. That was his thing. That's all he did. He was really good at it for a couple of years, helped him win two championships, That's all he did. Willie colley Stein, meanwhile, has tremendous vision. It's almost weird. Like he, he sees things really quickly. He reacts and he and he comprehends things really quickly on the offensive end. He is really he could he could pass out of the post. So you could just post him up. He could take a dribble. He'll take a couple dribbles. He'll back his guy in. He'll have good timing. He'll have good patience, and then he'll find the open guy. He can also pass out of the pick and roll. Warriors fans were really accustomed to seeing that with Draymond Green. Willie Cauley Stein could do that, but he's seven feet tall. Um, he could. I've seen him pass out of lobs, like in the air, and find guys in the corner for open threes. He's going to be really, really good at that in Golden State. And the, the Kings haven't had all the, the 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 best shooters in the world the last few years. You put him with the Warriors shooters. You just put him with Steph Curry. And when Klay Thompson eventually comes back, those two point four assists per game could be even more. You know, those per thirty six numbers can be even bigger. And so I think the Warriors are really going to appreciate that. And that's, to me, why the JaVel McGee comparisons aren't exactly telling the whole story, because Willie Colley's is just better.
1: No, I think you make a good point. I mean, that's a part of his game I hadn't really thought about. It sounds like it's an overlooked part of his game. And, but I can promise you that Bob Myers is aware of it. And, 100%. and I'm sure that that's part of why they they liked him. I mean, the uh, knowing Bob Myers, knowing how they operate, I'm sure that as soon as... Uh, Willie Colley Stein became available yesterday. They went after him um, because you look at the big men that were available, especially in that price range. You weren't going to do better. Um, and you know, we can nitpick, we can we can talk about all the doomsday scenarios about how everyone people are saying they're not going to make the playoffs and what have you. But like you said earlier, you have to do the best with what you have available. And the reality is, we've been talking about this for nine months now. We knew regardless of injuries, that it was going to be a really tough situation for the Warriors if Durant left, which he did leave. So you have to look at it from the, the the standpoint of how have they handled the circumstances they're in. And in my
2: perspective, they've done as well as they could possibly do. The Warriors are just a normal basketball team now. I know. it's It's weird, but this is what the other 29 fan bases in the league deal with. The Warriors for the last three years were a perfect basketball team. Other than the fact that their players were not robots and could get injured, they were a perfect basketball team. They are no longer a perfect basketball team, and so they are the same as every other basketball team in the league right now. That's it. That's it. And, and, you know, every basketball team has flaws. You try to overcome them, and you overcome them with two things, coaching and all-star talent. Fortunately for the Warriors, they have a great coach in Steve Kerr, and they have all-star talent. And so those things can make up for it. And by the way, D'Angelo Russell is an all-star talent. He can help make up for it. It's not, again, he's not Kevin Durant. There are no Kevin Durants. Only Kevin Durant. You just get the most talent you can. You don't get to choose your superstars in this league. You just get players, and you try to make it work.
1: No, I think I think you bring up a great point. And, you know... The, I've been thinking about it the past couple of days because for me, free agency has always been kind of a chill time of year. Like I, I do these, I'll be honest, I do these season review, uh, breakdowns around this time every year to kind of to get me through the doldrums mm-hmm. and so, stupidly.
2: Do you do you, like grades? What do you do?
1: No, I, I just do a rundown of each player and look at their offseason and their offseason outlook and that kind of thing. But easy yeah, easy, easy content, you know, just, just feeding my readers Content. And uh what happened was I went into this free agency being like, you know what, I did that the past two years, I gotta do it again. And then everything that's happened the past couple days and everything that I have to do, my bosses were like, yo, you need you need to stop doing that because you don't have time to do that. You're like, I'm I literally do not. So uh I'm sorry, readers, but if you're wondering why I just stopped on my like sixth player. That's why uh, because there's I, – I think I wrote seven stories today <laughs> because there's just so much happening um, and it's all what, it's all just symptomatic of the, re, the new reality the Warriors are in. I mean, you look at all these guys and it's really easy to say all these flaws that the Warriors are going to have putting in these different pieces and it, that might seem overwhelming to Warriors fans, but that's just the norm for most teams uh, most teams have a gl- there's a reason why Glenn Robinson the third who's not a great player probably started 18 games for the Detroit Pistons last year Detroit Pistons aren't that great right but you know there's a lot of teams like that in the NBA and the Warriors might be starting Glenn Robinson the third 18 plus games
2: next season and you look at a team even like the Houston Rockets who we thought as contenders right they end up playing guy Dan Daniel House for real important minutes. He became like their most. I like important. him actually. But. Yeah, they found him on the scrap heap though. You've got to do that now. He was and in training Warriors. camp with the Warriors, and the Warriors picked McKinney over him. And look, that's fine. I I don't have a yeah. problem with that. But um, those are like the, the Alfonso McKinneys, the Quinn Cooks. Like the Warriors are really gonna have to lean in on those guys, and in a way that even they more so than they have even in the past. Right? Like those players are gonna have to be good. And play like for like consistently good, and you're gonna have to turn over that bottom part of the roster. And that's one thing the Warriors have done a pretty good job, and they they consistently turned over that bottom part of the roster, trying to find guys. They're gonna have to keep doing it. They're gonna have to hit on draft picks. Jacob Evans becomes important. The summer league becomes important. The guys that they drafted this year become important. Like all the now, all of the guys are important. It's just it's not just the top five or six. Yeah, which. From our perspective,
1: kind of makes it even more interesting. Um, there's there's more guys to write about. There's more there's more moving parts, and all we really care about at the end of the day is stories, right? Um, but one thing you mentioned, Quinn Cook, he's not going to be coming back. Jacob Evans has to be a factor. I mean, defensively at least, uh, they he's probably one of their better wing defenders at this point, and um, they're playing him at the point. In summer league, he's had some growing pains. I uh, talked to Aaron Miles, the summer league coach, today, and he wasn't super high on on Jacob Evans' transition to point guard. So you wonder if that's a real viable
2: do we, option. Do we? Do you really think he's going to be a point guard? Because teams will do this throughout summer league. They'll just play guys. And when I say they'll play guys who are – They'll play guys out of position and try to just sort of expand their comfort zone a little bit. And I, mm-hmm. I kind of get the sense that that's what's happening. It's just, okay, let's put the ball in hands. They did the hands. same thing with Patrick McCaw yeah, a couple exactly. of years ago. exactly, exactly. So was, this is the time, right? Like this yeah. is, it's quote-unquote NBA competition, right? These guys are getting paid. So you put the ball in their hands. <laughs> they are they're teams that are running their centers as point guards just to do it because that's sort of a cool, in vogue thing to do right now. And so you just see what you can do. Like do you end up with your own Nikola uh, Vucevic or... Uh, Jokic or anything like that. So, um, but they drafted Jacob Evans in the first round to be a three and D guy. What do they need right now? A three and D guy. So they don't have a the money. They don't have the money to pay for one. So. right. So he better be that. You know. And he had a subpar. You know, an underwhelming rookie here. I think that's fair to say. And the great thing about you know being a rookie, uh, a first round pick, is you get a four year contract. Yeah, so well, figure three, it out. A three year contract. Figure it out. Now it's it's year two. You're going to be relied on, just like all these other guys. He's got to be good for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I always remind readers and fans, Kevon Looney. Everyone was calling him a bust after two years, and here he is, a really critical part of the future of this franchise. You know, if they couldn't have brought him back, it'd, it'd be looking even worse for the Warriors. But uh, summer League, it also makes Summer League a little bit more interesting because these guys are actually going to play. And one guy who had a good game tonight, like I said earlier, I was not a- actually able to watch the game, but I did watch some highlights and wa- looked at the box score. Eric Pascal had a good game. And he's a guy who I really liked coming out of Villanova. Um, people are kind of comparing him to a poor man's Draymond Green. He can hit the three. He's pretty tenacious, uh, undersized. To me... I had no problem watching Jordan Bell go because I'd actually like to see Eric Pascal to get those minutes. Do you think that he's a guy that could have an impact? And what do you think of those other rookies in terms of what their chances are of doing anything?
2: Yeah, I think I'm, I'm with you. I liked him coming out of Villanova. I hate the Draymond Green comparison so much because it's just it's another one of those lazy. It's lazy. Yeah. It's a lazy comparison. And I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. Uh, I'll compare him to a different Green, Jamichael Green. The, yeah, the that's a much round. better comparison. Thank you. I came up with that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's and that he started for Doc Rivers in that in uh, he started second halves or something in that first round. He was in a piece. couple good games, though. yeah. And he's a small ball four, he spaces the floor a little bit. He just to compare him to Draymond Green is saying, okay, the, thi- the thing that makes Draymond Green isn't that he's six six or six seven and he's thick. That's not and plays the four. That's not the thing that makes Draymond Green. The thing that makes Draymond Green is his transcendent passing vision. He doesn't have that, so let's just stop that. He's just a small ball four. That's what he is, and that's a good. It's a good, useful player to have, but he's not going to be Draymond Green. And uh, I think you know, guys like Smilagic and 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 all these guys. I mean, this is why you know we're ta- You know, everybody on media row right now is having these conversations about free agency. It's almost weird that basketball is happening right in front of us, but the, for a team like the Warriors even more so than a team like the Kings weirdly like a team like the Warriors these summer league games are going to be really important because this is a really good opportunity to say okay who's going to be 12 13 14 and 15 on this roster it might be one of these guys
1: no it'll be it'll be really interesting um i really appreciate you joining me like i said it's been a long day i know you've had a long day this guy was moving into a new place in san francisco earlier today got a haircut haircut. he came up to sacramento two and a
2: half hour drive day (laughs) area traffic i
1: mean (laughs) it was a mistake (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, hopefully it was worth it because you got to come on Warriors off court. So, well,
2: look, I, I probably wasn't as interesting as Aaron Miles, but this is probably a lot better than you going solo. So I appreciate <laughs> the invite.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, full disclosure. He just gave me a, a, a list of notes, uh, off of my solo appearance the other day, which, uh, I know was not the greatest, but I was, I was just trying to do, do one for the team because I felt like we really needed a podcast that day. It, it, to me, this is the most interesting time of the year. And I say that in the finals were a month ago. Um, obviously some interesting things happened in those finals as well. But we this is th- this week really sets the course for the whole next year for the Warriors. And, uh, so it's going to be really interesting. I really appreciate you joining me, Wes. Um, hopefully we can catch up again soon. I have a feeling I'm going to see a lot of you. This guy's actually going to be hanging out with me in Vegas in summer league next week. So it should be a lot of fun.
2: Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me.
0: I want to thank Wes Gilbert for joining me on the podcast. It was great picking his brain about free agency and hearing his insights on Willie cauley Stunt. Warriors Off Court is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Follow me on Twitter at Con underscore Cron and email me at cleturno at sfchronicle.com. Support Warriors Off Court and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.